Scripture today is John chapter 14, verses 15 to 31. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that in that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You hear me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Good morning. It is a delight to be able to share with the Weston Park Baptist Church family through our online service format and greetings to any guests that might be joining us as well. My name is Lucy Chimitty, and besides being a regular attender of Weston Park for the last three and a half years, I'm also the executive director of Adam House, which is a refugee home located near uh, Dufferin and Bloor. Just an update on that front, during the first year and a half of the pandemic, uh, border closures and travel restrictions seriously impeded the flow flow of refugees to Canada. Since then, uh, restrictions and closures have eased over the past uh, few months, and a backlog of refugees is now entering. The shelter system in Toronto is full and overflowing, and refugees are being turned away at an alarming rate. Please pray for the city as they grapple with how best to provide shelter for this vulnerable group, as well as the city's homeless population, particularly during this period of deep cold. This morning, I'm not sharing on anything refugee-specific, as I often do, but from a passage that has been an encouragement to me throughout the pandemic. Firstly, I want you to think for a moment of experiences that you've had with children, 
You might be a parent or a teacher, a babysitter, an aunt or an uncle. Chances are most of us have some experience with kids. Something you may have noticed in your experience with children is your need to repeat yourself. Am I right? <laughs> the number of times that we might ask a child to put on their shoes until the task is done, or the number of times we might ask them to stop fighting with a sibling. This is definitely insight into my life as a mom of a seven and nine-year-old. The pandemic has us repeating ourselves in new ways. I sat in on Malia's online schooling this past year and the number of times the teacher told people to turn off their mic and yeah, mute themselves and turn on their camera was astronomical. Well, God does that with us too. There are several passages of scripture where God repeats himself for our benefit. One example is his command to Joshua to be strong and courageous. It is recorded seven times at the end of Deut Deuteronomy and Joshua chapter one. And throughout Joshua, further admonishment to not be afraid. The message is repeated because it's something important. Joshua was up against a very difficult task. He was leading God's people into the promised land and they had some pretty formidable enemies in the land. It's not that Joshua was weaker or more cowardly than your average person, but the situation he was facing was incredibly difficult. And God needed to remind him. And he reminded him not only to be strong and courageous, but that God was with them. And that's why they could be strong and courageous. It was a command given out of his great love for Joshua and the people of Israel. It's not quite comparable to a parent asking to put on their shoes a hundred times in the morning, but more of a loving reminder that we might give our children, that we love them and that we're in their corner. This morning, I want to share from another chapter that has multiple reminders in it, John chapter 14. But first, a little bit of background. If we skim through John chapters 12 and 13, we see what Jesus' disciples are facing. I would encourage you, if you have time right now or in the week to come, please read John 12 and 13 to fully understand the context of chapter 14. I'll summarize it briefly. They are, Jesus and his disciples, they're moving towards Jerusalem, where we today know that Jesus will face the cross. Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for his death and resurrection and all the events that are going to happen in the next few days. The first thing that happens is Jesus is anointed at Bethany. Mary pours expensive perfume onto his feet and wipes his feet with her hair. Judas Iscariot thinks this is a waste of money and says so, to which Jesus replies, it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. The next day they enter Jerusalem and Jesus predicts his death. And this time he's even more obvious about it. John 12, 23 and 24, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground 
and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And in verse 35, then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light, me, just a little while longer. Once they're in the upper room for the Passover feast, Jesus, feast, Jesus predicts that he will be betrayed by one of his disciples. And then the last thing uh, for context is that he says, my children, I will be only with you a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay your life down for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So there's three things I want us to see here in the context. First, he's telling them, I'm leaving you. The next, one of them is a traitor. And then lastly, they will deny him. That's a lot to handle. Some big emotions would have been in play. And then Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry. This is a command. Jesus just gave them the worst news of their lives, but in his great love for them, he doesn't want their hearts to be troubled. He wants them to trust him and be at peace. For one moment, I want to skip down towards the end of the chapter to verse 27, because this is the point of all of the assurances between verse 1 and 27. Verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What is the big destroyer of our peace, our inner peace? We could point to outward situations, but God never promised us an untroubled life. He does say that we can have an untroubled heart. What causes us to lose peace is to allow our hearts to be troubled by fear and worry. Just like God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous, for I am with you, he doesn't just command strength, courage, and peace. He gives the disciple and he gives us assurances of why we can have that peace. Back up at the top of the chapter, verses 1 through 3. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. This is assurance number one, and it has two parts. Firstly, believe in me. This was a radical new concept for a teacher to be saying. Jesus is, is telling them, just as you can believe in God's promises and God's goodness, you can trust in me, in what I'm telling you my promises, my goodness, and my love for you, because I and the Father, we are one. And secondly, don't worry, I'm coming back. We'll be together again. 
If you've ever left a young child at daycare or school or with another caregiver, you can identify with this one. When they cling to us and cry for us, it hurts our hearts. Don't worry, little one, I'm coming back. Mommy or daddy always comes back for you. And then throughout the day, their teacher or caregiver might remind them of that fact. One of my favorite TV shows for toddlers is Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and it has a catchy little song in one of the episodes called Grown Ups Come Back. Jesus is telling them that he has some work to do, but he'll be back. For assurance number two, we head down to verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I'm sending you a helper or an advocate, as it's translated in the NIV, which I'm reading from this morning. The word in Greek is parakletos. I'm not a Greek scholar, so I rely on com commentaries for this information, but essentially it's someone who's called to help someone else. It can also be translated comforter. This word conveys someone who will help, give strength, and give consolation. The disciples are afraid of being abandoned, but Jesus knows they need God's presence. The Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, is God's very presence. I love how Jesus says he will give you another advocate. Well, if the Holy Spirit is another advocate, who was the first one? Jesus was. The Spirit of Truth will be just like Jesus. He will also be with you forever. It's not temporary. It is a permanent help. It won't be withdrawn, and he will not only live with and be in the disciples, but live with us and in us as well. Assurance number three, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. Let's think about orphans for a moment. A moment. Orphans have no parents. They are left alone. They have no provider. They have no instructor or teacher. And they have no defender. So, of course, if the disciples felt they had been orphaned, they would feel troubled. They would feel that absence. But Jesus is assuring them that this is not the case. He will come to them. And we know that he does come to them after the resurrection, and we trust that he will come for us to spend eternity with him. But he also reminds them once more about the Holy Spirit, the advocate. This time Jesus goes into more detail about the Holy Spirit's role. He's not only an advocate, helper, comforter, but he will also be their teacher. He will continue to remind them of what Jesus has said to them. Do you ever hear God's promises whispered in your heart when you are anxious or afraid? This is the Holy Spirit reminding you of God's promises, of his goodness and his love. 
So these are Jesus's assurance after giving the disciples very bad news. First, you can trust and believe in me just as you believe in God. Secondly, I'm coming back, we'll be together again. And three, God is sending you another helper who is just like me and will be with you forever. This is so critical as we receive God's peace and give assurances of God's peace to people around us, to our neighbors and our family and our friends. It's not just a command, do not let your hearts be troubled, don't worry, be happy. Jesus gives us reasons why we can be untroubled and unworried. As I wrap things up, I want to talk about verse 27 again. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. At Adam House, we've served many Ethiopians over the years. The word that Ethiopians use for a greeting or hello is salam, which means peace. So every time they greet one another, they say peace. This is similar in many Middle Eastern cultures and giving peace would have been a usual Jewish greeting or something said upon leaving, a benediction. While this is a lovely sentiment, it can become quite casually the word hello or goodbye. Jesus takes this normal benediction and fills it with strength and meaning. I am giving you my peace. I am giving you a way to be at peace, a way for your hearts not to be troubled and for you not to be afraid. I love the way that Paul phrases it in Philippians 4 verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus, or peace that passes understanding. Working in refugee ministry, I encounter a lot of worry. People are worried about whether the Immigration and Refugee Board will find that they are refugees and be allowed to stay in Canada. People are worried about family back home. They're worried about getting a job, finding a house, having enough to make ends meet, their children's education. Worry, worry, worry. And we can identify, right? We have things that cause us to worry. Everyday ordinary things or big things like global pandemics. This is not an exhaustive study on worry or inner peace. Jesus asks in Matthew 6, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? He reminds us to trust our Heavenly Father with our concerns, just as he does again in John 14. Even though it's not exhaustive, it's a reminder, definitely to me and probably to many of you, that peace is a gift from God, and we can have this peace not because of our own merit, but because we can trust God. We will be with Jesus one day for eternity, and the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful that we can call you Father, and like a father, you're so patient with us, and you give us many reminders of your goodness and your love. 
And I just pray, Lord, that we would come to your word each and every day and that we we would memorize it and have it in our hearts that you're our Father, that you care for us, that you have left a comforter to be with us uh, through all the trials and tribulations in life. And God, I just pray that we as a people of faith would uh, move through this life demonstrating that great uh, peace and trust in you. I pray that especially this would be um, something we think about through the week to come. I pray these things in your name. Amen.